Okay, we're going. Great. Let's do this. I love it. Let's do it. It's go time. All right, what's our Sorry, intro again? Yeah, I know I saw. Uh, it's hello, hello. Hi, I, I'm I'm Carly. And I'm Harriet. This is and... Known Unknowns, the podcast that you all know and love. Um, what's new? What's new? Yeah, um, what's new? Hmm. What's new? Uh, this is the problem with doing a podcast with the person that you date and live with because right. you can't like come together once a week and talk about life because mm-hmm. you know everything that's already happened yeah we need to just not talk to each other the rest of the week so that we have stuff to talk about on the podcast easy mm-hmm. easy I, yeah. to do I, we don't really talk that much anyway now that we're always at work so that's true that's very true uh what's new um i Harry, look into the speak into the microphone he was looking away and talking. Sorry. You'll hear it. All right. Well, now I'm not going to tell you what's new. What's new? Nothing. Harry, I'm trying to make this podcast quality shit. All right. Uh, so tell me what it is. I, was... I started uh, following a thing online called Blaseball. That's baseball, but with an L after the B. Yeah. Uh, it's like a it's like a fantasy base. It's like a simulated like baseball thing that um is online with like made up teams and also like uh weird other events happen like a solar eclipse and all the umpires eyes go white and one of the players gets incinerated and so that has you watch this no it's like well it's it like uh it like tells you like what's going on in all the games like basically the games like all like last an hour and then a season lasts a week and then over the weekend you like everyone play it it's sort of so it like the games all like happen you know just like they're simulated by computer um and then so there's a season that lasts a week of like 100 games um each one taking place over the course of an hour um and then on the weekend um uh everyone votes on like new rules basically for the next season so like Uh, I was about to bring it up, um, what the things that passed were this week in the election. Um, so do you watch it or do you play it? Uh, kind of both. Uh, so, and then you like, it gives you like, so it gives you like little, it gives you a certain amount of coins. Um, you don't, you don't put any real money in, but you can like bet on the games. And when you're, you also pick a favorite team when you sign up. And when that team wins, it gives you a few coins as well. And then you use those coins to, you know, bet on games or uh, cast votes in the election. Um, And so, yeah, so for this, at the end of season three, people voted. um, One of the things, one of the new rules was eat the rich. So at the end of every season now, the coins of the top 1% get redistributed to all of the other players or all of the other people with accounts on this site. Mm-hmm. Or, like, uh, different things happen for the games um, or to, like, the different teams. Like, for the the Tigers, the um, their, one of their players, Yasmin Mason, all of her pitching stats get maxed out for the next season. Or the Hades Tigers sent the New York Millennials their worst hitter and then got back a random hitter from the New York team. But none of this is real. No, it's not real. It's just like these simulated... Do you play simulated... it or do you watch it? I'm confused. So, so you watch just... the game? Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. That's what I was asking. You do basically you watch, watch the it. game? Yeah, or you do watch you play it the and game? then you like, you bet 
these little fake coins on it. So you and then watch you the game. Vote on new rules for the next season. Yeah. So you, you don't watch play it. it. No, you, you don't watch play it. it. Then why'd you say both? Well, because there's like the a playing play the aspect to the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, but I want to know if you watch the, the actual games game happen. You or don't, do you play you the don't, actual game? You don't game affect, of baseball. You don't affect the game as it's happening. Okay, yeah, that's what I wanted yeah. to know. And mm-hmm. you were like, both? And I'm like, no, that doesn't make any yeah, sense. No. So the, the, but that's, you know, just like a part of the, the game of like baseball. And then also there's like a... A baseball, a baseball wiki where people like make up like backstories for all the teams and stuff, community wise and like. So the Chicago Firefighters is is my team that I decided to like. Um, uh, let's see, uh, they're. I don't know. You are dripping with sweat I know, right I'm, now. I'm always sweaty. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm, don't look at me then, if you don't want to see me dripping with sweat. Okay. Uh, I don't know. They're. Their mascot is the firefighter and Betsy or Bessie, who is a cow who um, always, whenever she kicks, she has a lantern behind her who starts fires, um, just like the Great just Chicago, like the Chicago Fire. Fire. Um, and then they shoot out Royal Crown Malort, uh, which is <laughs> to put out the fires at the stadium. Oh, all over everything it's it's a silly um like weird kind of low game thing that i started do- doing started look started looking at i do not care about this whatsoever i'm I like trying to pay attention and i'm like this is the dumbest thing i've ever heard yeah well i'm dumb i'd rather you watch your marble racing videos yeah well those are fun too he watches marbles race yeah. on youtube I know it it's looks fun. fun. I don't it know. Does. Yeah, I and they like there's like a you know they they've got like different teams and there's a commentator who like talks about it like it's you know race cars and stuff as it's happening. It's cool. He watches it's a fun like time. hours and hours and hours of it. It's funny. You, you watch hours of people painting their nails and stuff on YouTube. So you paint. <laughs> so then I can later paint my nails. Yeah. Well, are you gonna race marbles? Maybe. So no, it's so not. that I can talk about it on this podcast. No. Okay. I don't like this baseball thing. It was really, I was like, this is the dumbest yeah, thing. Yeah, it is really dumb. Ever. It was so un- in- not interesting. I was like, oh my God, never. this is never ending. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, well, you shouldn't have pretended to be so interested in it. No, I wanted to know if they played the game or if you watched the game and you wouldn't give me a straight answer that's the only thing i wanted it was frustrating me okay i'm sorry (laughs) okay well do you want to get into it then yeah let's get into it (laughs) get into the episode anything new with you this week no cool and we are filming uh the show i'm in right now and uh it'll be uh, up on youtube eventually but it's taking a long time because it's gonna be a not just it's not just gonna be like a oh we're just filming we're taking one take of this uh, theater performance just mm-hmm. in a wide view whatever you see the whole stage and you just watch it right. from begin- it's like uh, we're editing it and taking takes of stuff and doing close ups of things and yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's like a mix of uh, TV and theater combined cool Mm -hmm. i can't wait to see it it's gonna be great it is it's gonna be really good everything carly does is great (laughs) no (laughs) 
Okay. Anyway. Fine. Whatever. All right. Well, you're first this All week. Right. So, well, speaking of my marble races, that's what started me down this path to get to my topic this week. No. What? Yeah. So <laughs> I started, I was watching the little marble race thing mm-hmm. and there, since like they couldn't do any real life, like car racing and stuff, um, with this, um, racing series called Formula E, which is all electric cars. They were like sponsoring some videos on this channel where they were like, you know, had like the different teams and that represented by different marbles. Mm-hmm. And so they were like having like fake races on these marble tracks and stuff. Oh my God. And That's so then really I started like watching like actual uh, Formula E races, um, like old ones that were on YouTube like, from earlier in the season. Like races of what? What do they race? Uh, el- cars, electric, electric cars. Electric cars? Yeah. So it's like slightly... Like tiny cars No, racing? like real like electric race cars. Like, rate, like you know, like Formula One. I don't know what car. those are. Like race cars. Like a big car that you drive around a track, like in real life. But it's all electric. Yeah, but they're all electric But they're cars. not tiny? No, they're regular I pictured size. smart cars. No, they're driving like, around. <laughs> that's way funnier than that. That is I, way funnier. I was like, that's hilarious. Or no, like a Fiat just... or whatever, or like a Prius. They're all right. just racing. Yeah, no, they look they look like that. No, they look like regular stupid. race cars. That's I know. Lame. Well, I was really into like NASCAR and stuff when I was a kid, and so it's I'm not in. I don't anymore. And but it's kind of like nostalgic thing to. Okay. I don't know. I believe it's it. Kinda, it's kind of it's. It, it scratches a certain itch that I have mm-hmm. um, in me. And so then I was like, hey, I should talk about something related to this on the podcast this week. So I was going to look up like <laughs> I, I Googled like motorsport conspiracies. Um, but then other sports conspiracies came up. And then this was one of them that I heard before, but I mm-hmm. hadn't thought of doing. This is a stupid conspiracy episode, isn't it? Mine's also about stupid conspiracies. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how stupid. stupid. Mine's kind of stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I don't know. We'll I mean, see what you think of it. A race car. No, it's industry. not about that. It's actually, it's about other, it's about basketball again. Oh. The last, the last sports conspiracy I talked about was basketball and this one's basketball again. Yeah. Okay. Unless you count the Madden curse as a conspiracy, but I don't think so. What was that? Madden, that was in our, uh video game episode where all the players who are on the front of this video game have a really bad season oh, the next yeah. year. That's not, that's, not a, that's not a conspiracy. Kinda. All right. Oh, yeah, if someone's doing it intentionally. Right, okay, anyway. So, I'm going to get into a little story that I like to call Patrick Ewing and the Frozen Envelope. Okay. <laughs> it's the year 1985. Okay. The NBA regular season is over, and the playoffs are in full swing. Mm-hmm. The Los Angeles Lakers are on their way to an eventual championship win over the Boston Celtics in an exciting finals between the two basketball powerhouses that went to six rounds. But I'm not interested in the Lakers or the Celtics in this story, or any of the teams that made the playoffs. This story is about the also-rans, the bottom-of-the-barrel teams, the real trash garbage play guys. <laughs> trash garbage teams? Yeah, and okay. one team in particular at the very bottom of the barrel. Okay. Who? The, the New York Knicks, but I'll, I'll get to that. Okay. So, 
So the NBA has a draft, um, you know, like a, most other American pro sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and before 1985, they did it. They decided the order that the teams would pick the same way as like the NFL or I think Major League Baseball does it the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, where just like the team with the worst record that year gets the first pick in the draft. And then, it, you know, the second worst record, you get the second pick and so on and so forth. Okay. Um. But, you know, the problem with that is that, you know, if your team is already having a mediocre season and you're, you know, you're probably not going to make the playoffs or win the championship or anything, that kind of incentivizes you to, like, intentionally tank more and, like, lose games on purpose so that you get a better draft pick at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so in 1985, the NBA introduced a system where they'd try to fix this. Um problem by instead of just they'd have a lottery um system to determine the draft positions for the bottom seven teams don't they still do that yeah they do they still do, like do it they do a they've right? modified it slightly since then so now it's now it's a weighted lottery where like okay so the team with the worst record has like you know basically a higher chance of being picked first but it's not guaranteed Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they still do it basically. This was the 1985 was the first time they did that. They did the lottery. The lottery. So yeah, all the teams that don't make the playoffs. Um, so all seven of them in 1985, um, they'd put you know the envelopes contain envelopes containing the logos of every team into a tumbler, um, and then the order in which they pulled them out would determine the order of their draft picks. Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. Um, Unless it's rigged. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Nothing order of fair. so determining who got the first pick of the 1985 draft was a an especially important season. Um, okay, why? Because everyone everyone knew that the player who was going to be picked first in the draft was going to be Patrick Ewing, who was graduating from Georgetown that year. Um, the seven foot tall jamaican american uh was graduating from georgetown university where he had been had like a great career there so everyone knew won, that he like, was gonna lots get of picked. awards like he was like a okay he like showed that he was like an amazing like basketball player like a once in a decade talent people were mm-hmm. saying like he was already like he was like before he played a minute of like professional basketball he was like a huge superstar already like just people were like this guy's amazing uh, we can't wait to see him play and find out what team he's going to play for. Like he was good. He's like, yeah. And so, so drafting, you just get to pick someone or you have to ask them, right? Uh, you can pick. So like the players like enter the draft, basically say like, I'm going to be in the Rick. I'm going to be a rookie this year. I want to be able to be drafted. And so like whatever team wants can like pick me. Basically. Oh, so anyone can enter the draft. It's just yeah, I'm pretty f- much. I'm then... sure there are like well, yeah, I, you have to qualify. I'm sure, but yeah, basically. And like, then you know, they get a list of people they can choose from. What if you get picked by a sucky team? Ooh, this kind of sucks. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> can you re can you re enter the draft every year, even if you're on a team? Uh, no, it's just for like rookies, like people who so haven't you're played stuck in the on year a before. team. Yeah. Forever? No, I mean, no, just usually the rookie contract is like um, for two or three seasons. I think three seasons typically. Um, and, you know, and there are typically stipulations in like your 
contract basically or like the general contract that people sign as a rookie like if you get you get your pay kind of depends on like what place in the draft you get picked so the higher up you're picked you get the more you get paid basically so if you get picked by a sucky team at least you're You're getting getting paid paid a lot of money okay well Mm -hmm. anyway um so we've got patrick so patrick ewing is gonna be the first pick of the draft he's gonna like transform whatever sucky team gets him into (laughs) a better team just one person (laughs) i mean in in basketball like one person does make a pretty can make a pretty good big difference because yeah there's only five 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 people people on on the court court at a time i don't know you know but yeah like if you have like a big superstar on your team that can make a big difference that's true if there's only five people on the court Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's they're not like gonna you know score 100 points most of the time by themselves but like they it can be a big a, a big boost and you know it also gives your team like you know more people are gonna buy tickets to come out to see them and stuff and like yeah that's true um, money yeah so um meanwhile the nba has uh, another problem on its hands um where at this time attendance numbers are on the downswing there uh, a lot of teams are like losing money because you know the league and the league's seventy-five million dollar TV deal with CBS is uh, running out at the end of this season, Uh-oh. Um, and so like you know people are losing interest in basketball, um, and you know they're next year if they're I mean they're gonna sign another TV deal, but they might not get as much money for it next year, and so you know it's a problem that people aren't like you know they want to expand their media footprint again, mm-hmm. get people coming out to games and stuff. Um, and so one one big problem one you know they want to increase interest again in their sport but one big stumbling block to that is that America's largest media market New York City wasn't really all that excited about basketball because of their shitty team the New York Knicks <laughs> <laughs> um they were in the 1984 to 85 season, they had the worst record in the Eastern Conference, don't and they, they had just the, always suck. Or don't they just aren't they just known for not they being were, good? They like won two championships in the 70s and have never been good. Yeah, they're they're yeah. still a bad basketball they're like, team. It's just like LOL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I remember Wizards of Waverly Place. Does anyone remember that show? It was on <laughs> Disney Channel, and they lived on uh, Waverly Place right. in New York, and they lived above like this. Uh, no, actually, I don't know. They lived above something. I think they had like a shop, like a sandwich shop or something. And then I don't actually, is that accurate? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> but the I remember the dad was like crazy about uh, the Knicks. Like he loved the Knicks. <laughs> and so he was like, yeah, go th- like the Knicks. Like that's my team. <laughs> and it was, I didn't really get it. I was like, okay. The New but York like everyone, my, my, my dad always thought it was very funny, so I think it was like a joke. Mm-hmm. And, and he was really into the Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks of House have had very poor management for the last while. Like their owner, like to refuses to like you know spend very much money and like get good players on the team. And like people, everyone in New York wants him to sell the team to someone who would actually have an interest in it. But this guy just wants to like sit on it. And, keep bringing in a little bit of money but anyway back in 85 it was even worse they were an even worse team than they are right now i just keep thinking of wizards Um, of waverly place when you say the knicks mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Watch um, me be wrong, and he was not saying the Knicks. It's some other random sports team he I was into, but I Knicks. think he was into the New York the New, New York, York Knicks. Knicks. Yeah, I remember this very. Yeah, I bet. Well, like okay. Sorry. Continue. Yellow and like, or no, white and orange and blue jersey and stuff. Yeah, I don't colors. Know. Okay. Anyway, so the Knicks are a team badly in need of revitalization. Yeah. Um, and so you know, they want and they want Patrick. Right, and presumably, um, NBA Commissioner David Stern likely hoped that revitalizing one of the league's most well-known. Uh, teams would help to revitalize the league itself all right sorry we're back all right great sorry there was if you heard buzzing it was just our door there's a whole thing it was a whole thing okay (laughs) just go just keep going so all right it's may 12th at the waldorf at the waldorf astoria in manhattan Okay. It's draft lottery day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so representatives for so all lottery. It's lottery. At yeah, this lottery. Point. Okay. Lottery day. Okay. So representatives for all the worst professional basketball teams in the country are gathered there, along with TV crews, reporters, basketball dignitaries, and public relations people, um, to see who will get first pick of that year's crop of promising young players. Um, so Commissioner David Stern, um, comes out to explain how the process, uh, is, is going to work. Um, then Jack Wagner from the accounting firm Ernst and Winnie tossed seven 12, 12 inch by 12 inch white envelopes into a large, um, clear ball. Okay. Um, the ball is spun five times by NBA head of security, Jack Joyce, and then Stern pulled the envelopes back out one by one and places them in order on a shelf at the back of the stage. Then so they go. So in the envelope, it has the team name and yeah, logo. it has the I team. I thought you meant on yeah. the outside of the envelope. No, no, inside the envelope. I thought and you so, said on the envelope. Oh, maybe I said that earlier. I meant I in if confused. I said on. So inside well, of the I envelope. I pictured it out, so maybe it was anyway. They're, just, they're in the envelope. Yeah, they're all they're all plain okay. white envelopes inside of each one. There's a card okay. or something with the team logo on it. So they put all seven up, and then in reverse order, they go. The seventh pick goes to the sixth, the fifth, the fourth, the third, the second. And the number one pick of the draft goes to the New York Knicks. No, is this rigged? So, (laughs) the conspiracy is, the theory is that the lottery was rigged in order to give the first pick, and thus Patrick Ewing, to the Knicks. So you know. is Pat. So they picked Patrick, right? Yeah, they went on to pick him in the actual draft. Okay. About a month and a wait. Week so later. they did a thing later. They they redid so like the, this. No, no, no. See, the actual draft took place like in June. This was just picking the. This was just the lottery on May twelfth. So they and picked then later the they actually pick. So it gives them time to like choose. Yeah, basically. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, it gives them time to strategize. So yeah. Um, you know, and so there are a couple of different theories as to how this, um, was it, how this rigging went about. Okay. Um, so anyway, so the first envelope to be pulled out, um, which would eventually, you know, be revealed to contain the Knicks logo, had one of its corners bent over when they pulled it out. Um, and so on per- on is it possible that this was done intentionally? Um, so that Stern would know which envelope to choose. Possible. The envelopes, uh, they were brought out in a stack 
to the th- to the. Where was to the it ball. have a little uh, bend in it when they put it in the ball? Um, it it's hard to say for sure, and you know it's hard to tell specifically because they get all mixed up, so it's hard. To, you can't really tell. I pictured exactly this as like a bingo thing, like they were spinning it and then one fell out. Um, they like. But no, they, they put spin all it. they put the envelopes in one by one. They like turn it turn like it, five and they times put and their then hand they in and open it back it. up. And then yeah, he puts it in his hand and picks one out. Um, and so when he takes it out, the one that he takes out first has a little bend in the corner, and none of the other ones appear to have that. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's it's hard to say when they're being put in if any of them have it doesn't look like it but there were they're originally in a stack and they put some in one by one and they just kind of fall in so kind of quickly so it's hard to like see well how do you know that that didn't just get a bend in it when it was moving well yeah i mean that's was it a perfect bend though was it that's possible (laughs) crease that happened was it a perfect crease is what i want to know do we have pictures of this bend yeah i can show you a video of the whole thing all right i'll watch it later um okay i'll i'll I was I was planning I'm I'm gonna show it to you in a minute or it could have been so it's possible yeah it's possible that it was bent to begin with before they put him in it's possible that it just bent in the tumbling as they were mixing them up or it could have happened as the envelopes were going into the ball so Jack Wagner mm. dropped in the first three envelopes identically just like he just like dropped them in like they were just went straight down like just flat horizontally. And just like all three of them the same. And then on the fourth one, he pauses for a second and then slate and then he like flicks it a little bit. So that instead of just falling straight down, it like bangs up against the side of the drum. And then it like it bangs around, bounces around a little bit before it falls onto the pile. And then he tosses in the next three, just exactly the same as he did the first three. Okay, but what's his motive here? Why is he helping the Knicks? Did well, he because, get bribed? So like so the theory is that the Knicks are like, you know, the New York is, you know, the center of American culture and stuff. It's like the the largest media market in the country. Okay, but like, like if, what does this Patrick, guy have to do with anything who did this? The, the, I mean, the... presumably he would have been instructed by the league commissioner or somebody to do oh, it. Oh, so they're thinking Or it's a he league. got bribed. Yeah, so the, the thinking is that it was collusion between the Knicks and the league itself because, you know, if Patrick Ewing ends up on, like, I don't know, like the Sacramento Kings, no one cares. But if he ends up on the New York Knicks, like one of the, like, founding teams of the league, they're like, you know, ton millions of people live in New York potential Knicks fans there um like that that could be a real big deal people people care about like the LA Lakers partially because they are a winning team and partially because they're just in LA and they care about them a lot because they win a lot and they're in LA yeah and so like doing the same thing for the Knicks would help the league out a lot more people watching games more people going to games stuff like that Mm -hmm. um and so yeah that's that's the theory. I'll show you what I mean by how he drops them in, if you want to watch this for a sec. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so, so he, I just watched it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's he, a like, little strange, but I don't... He does, like, three of them normal, then he does one, like, weird, and he, like, well, hits kinda. it off the thing. It was kind of weird, I guess. That... He, like, he, like, flips it, kind of, and, like... I mean, I could have... He was, like, throwing them in, 
And then they're like pretty large envelopes. Like mm-hmm. they're big. I was picturing them just from standard size. And I said they were 12 by 12, 12 okay, inch by 12. Well, inch. I didn't hear it. And <laughs> it kind of, I don't know. I think maybe it went up to hit the pole that's like right in the middle. So then he kind of like swerved off. I don't know. It could, it was weird. It was weird. It could be. But could be. All right. Well, okay. It, it was strange. It, that's anyway that's that's the first theory of how it happened okay um you know you you could be right and that the bend was just incidental from you know uh it tumbling around and stuff he didn't bend it in on purpose but the the other theory is that is how um uh david stern knew which one to pull out is that they froze one of the envelopes before putting it in. No, so that it would what? be cold to the touch, and so that he would know this is the Nick's envelope to take Maybe out. that's why he threw it so weirdly. He was like, oh, shit. Oh, it's, it's, it's a little colder cold. than I thought. I'm getting frostbite on my fingertips. Yeah. So, I mean, that's basically... Where would they get that idea? I have no idea. Oh. There were, like... I mean, immediately after this happened, basically, there were, like, people, like theorizing that it's a conspiracy like uh the indianapolis pacers got like the second pick in the draft and like right afterward they're like an indianapolis tv station like was like going like freeze frame to like show how and where the the envelope was bent and stuff to try and (laughs) see how it was rigged Hmm. basically um, yeah, but that's, that's the, that's the other theory that they like put, stuck one envelope in the freezer so that David Stern would know which one to pick out. I mean, it does, it kind of looks like he was, is intentionally taking out a specific one. If you yeah, want to watch, watch this it. video real quick. Okay. So he, he reaches in, takes a deep breath, goes in and then he like, he like jumbles them around a bunch. He like flips them over and then takes out. Yeah. It definitely That's feels weird. seems like he's feeling around for something. Yeah, because he normally you just go in and pick the first one you touch. Right. He, yeah, like, but he like went in like yeah. He, let's uh, here. Like so, we'll, we'll watch it again real quick. Okay. Yeah, he grabs those. Just he just like turns them over and he takes the one on the. I don't know. Yeah. It's a little. That's it's a weird. little sketchy. That's. Can I watch the beginning of it again? Yeah. Yeah. All I'm right. watching him throw the envelopes in. There, there. And they like do a real. Wait, let me see it again. (laughs) Hang on, guys. I'm. Well, no, you got to go back to the beginning because I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm counting. So it can't just go. Let's do full screen. Do you want to watch it like half speed or something? No, I want to watch it like this. But they like do, they zoom in real close to just the. I mean, I think that's just. He like, wasn't touching the corner of it, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like. I mean, the theory isn't that he like bent it with his hand. Is that him like throwing it weird, like against the side of it, is what bent it. Was what bent it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that makes more sense. I thought they were trying to say he bent it on his way in. No, he. The, the, no, I think yeah, it did look like he deliberately like threw it chucked against it the against si- something. Yeah. yeah, against the side or the pole there mm-hmm. to try to put a bend in it. Yeah. But also the guy didn't look when he went in to grab it. Right. Well, I mean, you could feel that with your hand, that like one of these is not smooth. Like, there's... I don't know. The guy I mean, didn't look for it. He just kind of touched. I don't know. Um, Actually, yeah. you can't see. They don't show it. Yeah. Wait. 
No, they don't show it. They don't show him looking. They only yeah, show they his hand. Yeah, they just show his hand going in. So uh, you can't see if he's looking into it or not. They do. They, they like start. They like the zoom gets real close mm-hmm. when he's throwing that fourth envelope in. Mm-hmm. And then they like zoom in. So you only see his hand picking the envelope in there, not. Yeah. And it looks like he's going in to look. And then they go in just to the hand. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's a little, a little funky. And yeah, he is like obviously searching for something. He like grabs it and then flips it over, like to see. Oh wait, is it on the other side there? And then he got lucky, and it was. And he just like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, a sketchy. Little, little funky. Mm-hmm. Little, little bit of, little bit of funkiness going on. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, so. Uh, the guy taking it out is NBA Commissioner David Stern, basically. Or he, he's the you know, guy in charge of the whole sleazy. NBA. They look sleazy. They both really look disgusting. <laughs> well, so the day after the lottery happened, um, a, uh, a New York tabloid reported a curious fact. Okay. Uh, Ernst & Winnie, uh, the uh, accounting company that was in charge of that the guy was from who put the things in there, mm-hmm. um, Happened to also be the auditing firm for Gulf and Western, which is the company which just happened to own the New York Knicks. Oh, no, I don't like this. Um, this is rigged. <laughs> this is rigged. <laughs> uh, asked about the possibility of a fix. Uh, Madison Square Garden president um, Jack Crumpy. Uh, Madison, Crumpy? Uh, Crump. I don't know. K-R-U-M-P-E-P-E. I like Crumpy. Crumpy. Yeah, sounds anyway. like crunk. Madison Crunky. Square Garden is where the Knicks play. Anyway, mm-hmm. at the stadium um, or arena. Uh, Jack Crumpy responded, "Hey, I told them how to fix it sixty days ago. You call up Ernst and Winnie, and you say if we don't get Ewing, you're fired." Um, though it was reported that he was presumably joking. Probably, yeah, yeah. that sounded like a joke. Yeah, I that know. didn't <laughs> sound like he was actually being real. Yeah, I don't think he was admitting it. No. Um, I don't know. David Stern, for his part, um, after the fact, said, if people want to say that the lottery was fixed, fine. As long as they spell our name right, that means they're interested in us. That's terrific. Who said that? David Stern, the guy who pulled him out, the NBA commissioner. Okay, he seems like a sleazy guy. He is a sleazy guy. And that's he was a, a very, sleazy like, response, but okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a very, like, micromanaging uh director like he would have he would he would like work people super hard and then like scream at them if they slipped up and then like he mm. would be he'd like really he was a real like control freak basically Sounds and so like one of our managers at work <laughs> anyway. no he uh, that's actually interesting that two people who answered who addressed the question of was it rigged both answered with like a joking like a, they didn't really say yes or no they like jokingly said yes right you know they didn't mm-hmm. really confirm or deny they jokingly said yeah sure right okay whatever mm-hmm. mm. yeah a little funky a huh? little weird like they yeah, yeah. a little a little bit because their their answers were very similar almost like they were just like ha 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 you're really funny of course we did yeah, exactly. And if so, who cares? Like, mm-hmm. you know? You know, and yeah, from what I've heard about David Stern, um, it seems like, you know, he he was all about, he really liked to have, like, total control over, like, everything that happened in the NBA. So, mm. 
moving to this lottery format for the first time, it makes sense that he would want to have some control over it. was the first time for the lottery? Yeah, this was the first time they did the lottery. Oh, it was rigged. It's 100% rigged. I agree. Anyway, so that's that is Patrick Ewing and the frozen envelope. Wait, that's it? Yeah, that's that's. I don't the whole buy thing. the frozen envelope. You don't but I think like, so? No, I don't buy it. <laughs> I like that. I mean, I don't. It's I don't... funny. I mean, but there's nothing to back it up. Right. There's nothing to back that up. Yeah, but, I, I mean, that'd be funny. I don't as I don't. Yeah, I don't believe it, but I want it to be real. I think that that is. That's funnier. Yeah, that's definitely a way better. Um, if you froze conspiracy. it though it'd get a little icy and then it would be a little damp <laughs> later so i don't know about that well, i mean not if you put it in a dry freezer i don't know <laughs> maybe yeah, probably I, don't know. I don't know they kept the waldorf astoria very unhumid throughout mm. the day so it wouldn't get all condensation all over it okay well i don't know <laughs> i don't buy that but all right i could yeah. see that it was some well that's rigged, it was yes. it was damp that's why it was more susceptible to bending Okay. Okay. All right. I, I, yeah, I buy this story. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's possible. I don't necessarily think. But I also don't really care. Yeah, that too. So. Yeah, like it's just it's just a game. Who cares? It's sports. It's, yeah. I, everyone everyone should be trying to cheat all the time in sports. Yeah. That's what makes it interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, is that it? Yep. That's it. Okay. So, my turn? Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Are you all right? Are you ready for my story? I am all right, and I'm all ready. Okay. All right. Uh, so, I am talking about Israel. Is that how you say that? Israel? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's just Israel. Israel. Israel-related animal conspiracy theories. Israel-related? Yeah, Israel, because there's a lot of, they're in, uh, yeah, yeah. You'll hear, you'll, I mean, yeah, it's like a lot of uh, animal espionage, like spy animals being used as spies. There's a lot of conspiracies about that over in Israel. Okay. It's like kind of an Israel thing. Okay. Well. Like, is it it conspiracies about Israel doing it or people spying or conspiracies in Israel about people spying on Israel. I think Israel doing it. Okay. Got it. I think. As far as I remember. We'll okay. see. <laughs> All right. Okay, so zoolog- zoological, I think, conspiracy theories involving Israel are occasionally found in the media or on the internet, typically in Muslim-majority countries alleging use of animals by Israel to attack civilians or conduct espionage. Yeah, these probably. Con- yeah, these conspiracies <laughs> are often reported as evidence of a how do you say, Zionist mm-hmm. or Israeli? Is that how you say that? Israeli? Yeah, Israeli plot. So I'm wondering if some of this is like, p- like motivated by not great things. I don't know. Yeah, but sometimes Israel's motivated by not great things. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so actually let's do, I'm going to do this. Let's, let's spice things up a bit here. Okay. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you options of what animals that you, that you would want to hear, that you oh, want to hear about. Right, yeah. So you can okay. pick. So let me give you, uh, options and then you pick one and then I'll give you the options within the options if there are some. Okay. Do you want to hear about sharks, birds, mammals, or reptiles? Ooh. Don't look. Okay. Um, Sharks, birds, mammals, or reptiles? Uh, okay, well, 
Uh, let's go with reptiles. That one sounds fun. All right. There's only one for reptiles, but this is actually what made me fa- find this story. Okay. It's pretty, it's actually really short, but it's kind of funny. Okay, great. All right, I ready? Wanna, yeah, let's hear it. So this one was actually popular because it was in 2018. Ooh. So it was like pretty recent. and Ripped from the headlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in February 2018, Hassan, I don't know how to say these names. I'm so sorry. H- Hassan Farazabadi. Okay. Uh, a military advisor to I- Iranian Iranian Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei, Khamenei. Khamenei accused Western countries, including Israel, of spying on Iranian Iranian oh, <laughs> Iranian Iranian nuclear sites using lizards and chameleons. Oh. Which, according to him. They attract atomic waves. Oh. And that's how they're able to like... Yeah, we found out, quote, we found out that their skin attracts atomic waves and that they were nuclear spies who wanted to find out where inside the Islamic Republic of Iran we have uranium mines and where we are engaged in atomic activities. End quote. So, uh... This this guy named Ali Kamini or whatever. Okay. Uh-huh. Comment. Anyway, That's fine. <laughs> he he was a big. He like started spouting off about this. He thought ah, it was true. Okay. Isn't that funny? That is funny. Oh, is that, that all? That's all it is. Then? That's like it. But I just think it's funny because they're <laughs> like they really use funny. lizards and they're using lizards and chameleons to <laughs> find where they're hiding stuff ah. because they. Their skin can attract atomic waves. <laughs> Isn't that really funny? That is really funny. You can actually, re- I mean, you can read more about it, but that's the main that's like, thing. Yeah. That's what a lot of these stories are going to be, just kind of like short little tidbits about right. it. But like, hey. they're just funny. I'm like, that's yeah, hilarious. That is that, that is funny. So we, we use rats to detect mines. Why not chameleons to detect nukes? So there's actually... If you want to hear about rats, there's yeah, this, under do, mammals, there's rats. Else, yeah. Okay, rats. In July 2008, the official Palestinian news agency, Wafa, Wafa? I'm going to say idea. Wafa, accused Israel of using supernatural rats. Oh, no. That can even chase away, do you say Arab? Yeah. Arab cats. To encourage Arab residents of the old city of Jerusalem to flee in panic. (laughs) Quote, over the past two months, dozens of settlers come to the alleyways and streets of the old city carrying iron cages full of rats. End quote. Wafa claimed, quote, they released the rats which find shelter in open sewage systems. End quote. Hassan, Hassan, Hassan Kater, Kater. Of the Islamic Christian Front for Defending Jerusalem and Holy Sites claimed that Israel's goal was to increase the suffering of the Arabs in Jerusalem by turning their lives into a real tragedy and forcing them to evict their homes and leave the city. (laughs) (laughs) Jerusalem Municipality spokesman Giddy Schmerling rejected the report as pure fiction. The Irish columnist uh, Ian O'Do- 
N O Gosh, I can't read. <laughs> Wrote after the incident, quote, terrifyingly, the rats even know the difference between Jew and Arab. <laughs> Can they leave the Jews alone while terrorizing the Arabs? <laughs> Further proof, as if any were needed, that these Jews are too sneaky for their own good. This isn't a good quote. <laughs> that, that or the fact that Palestinian newspapers or perhaps are perhaps a little biased in their coverage. I'm sorry, I said I didn't read this quote beforehand. Well, I, mean, I, I think didn't that, that I think the columnist like, is pointing out Jews. the anti-Semitic nature of the conspiracy theory. I know. I just didn't want to say they leave the Jews alone. <laughs> Allegations involving rats uh, returned to the news on March 13th, 2018, when Jordan Jordan Jordanian. 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 TV host Dr. Bakar Al-Abadi told his viewers on Jordanian Prime TV, quote, The Zionist entity gathered all the rats carrying the bubonic plague in Norway and released them in all the Egyptian provinces near the Sinai. Mm -hmm. According to several Egyptian sources, this operation took place in 1967, and these rats still exist in very large numbers. These rats breed very quickly and cause significant harm to crops. They devour these crops very quickly and destroy grain silos. Even children are not safe from them. These rats often bite children's limbs. According to these sources, the Zionist entity... Since the wait, according to these sources, the Zionist entity, since the beginning of the normalization of its ties with, is it Cairo? Yeah. Cairo managed to smuggle chemical fertilizers and rotten seeds into Egypt, leading to the destruction of vast areas of soil and crops in Egypt. This is a well-planned strategic operation in both short-term and long-term implications, but the clear goal is to annihilate the Arab world. That was a whole quote. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's rats. That's rats. That's kind of funny. Supernatural rats. <laughs> yeah. That... Was that really happening, I wonder? <sighs> well, it was a conspiracy theory, so... Yeah. I, it's so hard with all of this stuff, because, like, Israel is, like, an insane apartheid state where they do want to, like, make life hell for any Arab people in their vicinity and in isn't their country. Zionist, isn't that a group of people who only want... Yeah, like... The, aren't they like a Jewish kind of organization or something there? Right, or like the some kind Zionists, of... Zionists, I don't remember exactly what Zionists I looked it believe, up. But, I looked um, it up and I was like, like okay. They, like, um, it's about like having the... It's a nationalist ideology for like, the Jewish people controlling the state of Israel and like yeah, surrounding yeah, territories yeah, yeah. and stuff. Um, I don't remember exactly why so to they bring don't, about. They're not into. Um, yeah. I, I think to like have drink. I don't know. But I don't think you can train rats to only bite Arab people. Yeah. Arabs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. There's like, yeah. It's, That's goofy. It's, yeah, I know. This is going to be a tough thing to figure out what's real and what's not because I definitely believe. Israel, like, you know, trying to instigate a famine in Egypt. Um, I thought the lizards and chameleons was funny, though, because <laughs> uh, there's no way. I also think that some think of the, like... I think skin can attract atomic waves. Yeah, I don't know. 
but it's also is yeah you're gonna have like there's gonna be some like weird like the details of it are gonna be kind of hard to figure out because they're gonna be weird anti-semitic like Mm -hmm. tropes getting involved roped into there too yeah and so it's hard to like it's hard to say what's real and what's not. I know. I was be. reading through these and I'm like, Ugh, all of these seem kind of probable, but also ridiculous. But also that could be the case. They're ridiculous. So, mm-hmm. all right. You want to hear about another one? Yeah. Yeah. What other animals were there? Uh, birds, mammals, and sharks. Okay. Um, how about sharks? Okay, so there's one shark story, and it's a shark attack story. Okay. And this one actually could, I could have turned into like an entire story. Okay. So this is actually interesting. So okay. I might actually further this up. That was Ooh, some good thunder. thunder. Also, I don't think further this up is uh, proper. So uh, <laughs> I think it's I'll fine. Further, uh, further it up for us. Oh, yeah, further it up later. All right. This one's, yeah, okay. In December... 2010 several shark attacks occurred off south south of the off the south sinai resort of shorm el sheikh in egypt mm-hmm. following the attacks in an interview on tofik okasha's popular but controversial egypt today television show a captain mustafa ismail uh, introduced as a famous diver, alleged that the GPS tracking device found on one of the sharks was in fact a guiding device planted by Israeli agents. Oh, man. So this is actually a really big story, and there's a lot about the attacks and about the specific people who were, like, attacked and okay. stuff like that. Interesting. So it's, like, way there's a lot pretty more deep, to it than but this. Uh, this is, like, the general... And it, it, this is interesting, so... Okay. Um... Uh, so prompted in a television interview for comments, the governor of South Sinai, Muhammad Abdul Fadil Shausha, initially said, what? (laughs) Nothing. I'm doing my best. Do you you know how to read it? I don't. Probably not. No. I don't know. I can't see it, but probably not. Quote, what is being said about the Mossad throwing the deadly shark in the sea to hit tourism in Egypt is not out of the question, but it needs time to confirm. Hmm. Uh, the Israeli foreign ministry, in response, suggested that Shausha had seen Jaws one too many times. <laughs> uh, the governor later dismissed any connection between the event and Israel. Hmm. Describing the conspiracy connection to Israel as sad, Professor Muhammad Hanafi, a marine biologist at Suez Canal University, pointed out that GPS devices are used by marine biologists to track sharks, not to remote control them. (laughs) Because that's what they were like, it's like a remote control. Right, yeah. Which is funny to me. (laughs) Um, Egyptian officials suggested that the attacks were due to overfishing, illegal feeding, and the dumping overboard of sheep carcasses or unusually high water temperatures. Emer Yosef, adjunct professor of political science at the American University in Cairo, wrote that this and other similar conspiracy theories result from a misconception among the Egyptian public that Israel is all-powerful. Yosef wrote, nothing withstanding that with 
that such allegations have no factual or logical grounds. No one stops to ask why should an Israel facing serious uh, security challenges busy itself with that kind of stuff. That's all I got on it. But I think it's interesting because maybe it wasn't, you know, a remote control on the sharks that ate people, but maybe they were dumping sheep carcasses or illegally feeding them so they would attack because they know that that that's why. Yeah, that's interesting. Because like illegal feeding, dumping overboard of sheep carcasses or unusually high water temperatures or overfishing is, was due, is why the attacks happened. Yeah, it would like bring them in closer to shore and stuff. Mm -hmm. So what if they were just purposely like throwing sheep carcasses or like feeding them or. I can see that. Overfishing on purpose. So the sharks would attack. Right. That seems that seems more plausible. I don't know if it also is true, but I, I mean, but well, both the U.S. and Russia have tried to train like dolphins to do like spy stuff. So yeah. why not? Why not sharks? I'm trying to. I think actually, I think Israel has also used the dolphins or porpoises or tried to train them for stuff. Or maybe that was another conspiracy theory that I heard. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. Was there stuff about dolphins in here? Yeah, I oh. think so. Okay. Yeah. Probably under mammals. On, under right? mammals, yeah. yeah. There was a. I meant. I tried to pull up the bigger story on the, on the sharks. sharks to see like how many people. It just said several here. Oh. So I'm wondering how many people. Well, if you I decide forget. to do like a full thing on it, you can. Mm hmm. This is. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Dolphins. Yeah. The first accusation that Israel employs dolphins for espionage was made on August 19th, 2015, when the Izad Din al-Qasam brigades of Hamas Hamas. claimed... Hamas? Yeah. I was close. (laughs) I I chose that word to correct you on. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Claimed they captured one wearing cameras and other equipment off the Gaza... Gaza, yeah. Gaza coast... Iran's Fair New Fars News Agency called it instead an Israeli-made robot dolphin equipped with espionage equipment, including video recording cameras. That was a quote. <laughs> a robot dolphin. An Israel quote Israel made Israeli-made robot dolphin equipped with espionage equipment, including video recording cameras. End cool. quote. That's cool. That's funny. That is funny. It's a robot dolphin. I Harry. know. I'd love that. Israel. Quote, Israel did not just stop at the bloody attacks against the Gaza Strip. The the Arabic-language Palestinian daily Al-Quds reported, quote, oh, yeah, that's what they reported. Now it has recruited a watery pet, the dolphin, known for his friendship with humans to use for operations to kill Qasam Brigade Naval Commandos. What? Cut, come on, come on. This was a bad decision for me. <laughs> oh, the no. Israel Defense Forces did not respond to the accusation, but Foreign Policy magazine noted that while, quote, dolphins have been used by various militaries, including by both the United States and Russia, this report likely falls into what is a surprisingly fertile genre of conspiracy theories. The notion that is. Israeli intelligence routinely uses all manner of birds and other animals as tools of espionage. We used dolphins 
as spying stuff? Or, yeah, or at least tried. And I'm not sure if um, it's, I don't know, maybe we have successfully hmm. used dolphins for spying. But yeah, I mean, I don't see why we wouldn't just send Israel our su- surplus dolphins. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Uh, okay, do you want to hear about maybe some birds? We haven't heard yeah, about birds. Yeah. We uh, like birds. I know. Would you like to hear about a griffin vulture? Oh, there's multiple birds. A bee eater, a vulture, a kestrel. A Benelli's eagle and Gamela eagle. Oh, boy. Um, Vulture first, I guess. In December 2012, a Sudanese Sudanese Mm -hmm. newspaper reported that Sudan government had captured a vulture in the town of Karanek, which they said was an Israeli spy bird and was tagged in Hebrew and equipped with electronic devices. Iran's press TV later claimed the bird was an eagle equipped with Mossad's uh, tracking and other surveillance devices. Ohad Hasaf, the avian ecologist, told Israeli's news site uh, Yunet, quote, This is a young vulture that was tagged along with 100 others in October. He has two wing bands and a German-made GPS chip, hmm. end quote. Hasaf denied that the device had any photographic capabilities. In an interview with CNN, he stated that, quote, I'm not an intelligence expert, but what would be learned from putting a camera onto a vulture? You cannot <laughs> control it. It's not a drone you can send where you want. What would be the benefit of watching a vulture eat the insides of a dead camel? End quote. Sounds pretty so interesting to me. I don't know. Do you want to hear about another bird? Yeah. um, Or do you want to hear about boars and pigs or hyenas? Hmm. How about one more bird than some, than a mammal? Okay. Okay. Um, How about, um, oh, there's a griffin vulture as well? Yeah. You want to hear about a griffin vulture? Yeah. Let's stick in vulture town. So here's the, let me just say a little about the, so just birds okay. in general Bird, as well they're not real using trips so no, obviously, obviously they are all of these devices. are true or well, true in that they are spying devices but not true in that they are actual birds right you're right so birds are often tagged with gps tracking devices or identification bands to record their movements for animal migration tracking and similar reasons yeah. the high resolution tracks available from a gps enabled system can potentially allow for tighter control of animal born communicable diseases such as the H5N1 strain of avian influenza. According to Ohad Hatsoff, an avian ecologist, which I think we just talked about, for for the Israel's Nature and Park Authority, the idea that tagged birds are used for spying is absurd. Quote, birds and other wildlife belong to all of us and we have to cooperate, he stated. Ignorance causes these stupid beliefs that they are used for spying. I mean, I'm sure that we and Israel and a lot of other countries have tried to use birds for spying. Oh, yeah, I don't doubt I don't, that. I'm, <laughs> but, no, I don't But, I mean, doubt it. yeah, I kind of doubt that any of that these are actually... But they're interesting. That any interesting. of these are successful. That but any yeah. of these caused a... Uh, like our, a huff on, in the news, like yeah, no. a weird media frenzy. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to hear about a griffin vulture? Yeah, griffin vulture. What did this one do? Okay. This is a longer one, I think. Okay. The griffin vulture has nearly disappeared from the mountains of Israel and is subject of a reintroduction project. 
As part of that project, vultures are tagged with radios and labels to keep track of the population. In 2011, a griffin vulture was with a wingspan of about eight feet was caught by a hunter near Ha'il, Saudi Arabia, uh, wearing a GPS device and a Tel Aviv University leg, leg tag. Rumors spread among locals, repeated in some Saudi newspapers, that the bird was sent by Israel to spy on the country. I just think it's very funny how, like, people are like, oh, there's a tag on the bird, like a right. GPS tag. They're, it's a spy I, bird. Because someone yeah, who didn't know that, I'd be like, why is there, like, a G- why is there a sure. weird device on this bird? So I kind of get it. Yeah, sure. Hmm. Yeah, if you no, didn't know anything about birds and, like, migration uh, tracking... Yeah, sure. I don't know. Prince Bandar bin Sultan, then Secretary General of the Saudi National Security Council, dismissed the rumors, said the equipment on the bird was simply there for scientific study, and the bird would be quickly released. Saudi wildlife authorities agreed that the equipment was for solely scientific purposes. Some Saudi journalists rushed in carrying the news of this bird for the sake of getting a scoop without checking the information. They should have asked the competent authorities about the bird before publishing such news, Bandar said at the time. So uh, the <laughs> quote started at some Saudi journalists rushed in carrying the news and then ended with bird before publishing such news. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, I should have. No, that's fine. <laughs> Israeli officials described the rumor as ludicrous and said they, are, they were stunned. A spokesperson for Israel's Park and Nature Authority told the Israeli Daily uh, something that Israel scientists use GPS devices to track migration routes. The device does nothing, quote, the device does nothing more than receive and store basic data, data that the bird's whereabouts, uh, about the bird's whereabouts, he said. The Israel, uh, wait, let me see. No. What? I will not allow it. I will not let you. In January 2016, a griffin vulture with an Israeli tag was captured by residents of the Lebanese village of Bint Jabil in suspicion of espionage flying after flying four kilometers or 2.5 miles across <laughs> the border. The bird was tied by... The bird was tied by rope, according to Lebanese security officials, checked for listening devices... Uh, the bird was later uh, rep- repatriated 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 to Israel by UN peacekeepers. <laughs> I don't hurt the birds. Yeah, I know they're just birds. No, no one's getting any useful information off of birds. Are the other bird ones also just uh, GPS tracker things? Let me see here. I think so. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Is there's Israeli tracking devices and tags, yeah. Mm. Bee eater uh, found with a leg band. Uh-huh. Uh, the kestrel. Uh, let me see. The kestrel is frequent visitor. Turkey medical person. Uh, this one. This one didn't have any electric equipment. He was just hanging around. Oh. <laughs> and they thought that he was spying on eagles or something. And then there was a tagged Gamla eagle and a tagged other eagle. So, yeah, the the birds aren't that cool. They were just tagged. 
Um, so do you want, so for the last two, would you like to hear, oh, hyenas is really short. Let me just read both of them. Yeah, let's do both. Among the mammals that have been cited in Israel-related animal conspiracies, theories are swine, hyenas, rodents, and dolphins. We already went over rodents and dolphins, so now we're going to do hyenas and swine. Hyenas. This one's like a sentence. Okay. In January 2016, Palestinians accused Israeli settlers of releasing wild hyenas in Jenin. Jinin, uh, the animals were killed by locals. In 2014, IDF soldiers found an abused hyena in Hebron and sent it to receive treatment in Israel. Hmm. Three Palestinian abusers from the village of Biet Umar were prosecuted. So mm-hmm. I think people just have things against hyenas. That was a sad yeah. story. Well, I, I bet hyena populations do get disturbed by Israeli settlements. And so they probably end up having to leave, you know, whatever Palestinian village they lived near before. And then they, you know, have to find another place to live. And so people probably run into them more. You know, I really thought this was going to be a way funnier topic, but it really isn't. (laughs) It's mainly about just... I don't know. I think it's... Is it interesting? Yeah, it is. I I've been, I enjoy it. Okay. So the last one is boars and pigs. Okay. So on several occasions, Palestinian Authority President Mohammed Abbas accused Israel of releasing wild boars to destroy agricultural fields in the West Bank in order to cause damage to produce and intimidate Palestinian farmers. See, these I believe more, like they're like hmm. releasing rats or certain animals, you know? Sure, yeah, definitely. Instead of like I mean, they're tracking us with animals, like... Yeah, yeah. Seems more realistic that they would send in a, right. you know, yeah, a thing they're... of rats and then they eat stuff. I don't know, yeah. just to no, scare definitely. them. So that's interesting. Quote, every night they release wild pigs against us. Abbas was quoted as saying in one speech, an Israeli government official rejected the allegations, commenting that, quote, it's a pity the Palestinian Authority president chooses to propagate such rubbish, and it raises questions about his real position on Israel, end quote. On May 5th, 2016, a 10-year-old Palestinian girl was bitten on the hand either by a wild boar or a pig and suffered shock as a result. Uh Palestinians claimed blamed israel settlers for deliberately releasing boars in the west bank to deliberately attack villagers as a way to keep them off their land while others claimed that the israeli west bank barrier affected the habitat of wild boars possibly leading to higher concentrations of the animal's population in certain areas yeah all of these have very scientific explanations and that just makes me sad i mean i yeah i mean i don't this yeah i think that it yeah, it is possible that like is the Israelis are trying are like releasing dangerous animals or pest animals like rats to try to get people to move out of their way or mm-hmm. and make their lives hell or you know I think it also is possible that's just incidental from them, you know, doing, you know, tearing down at people's homes and buildings and stuff to build new um ones to build new ones and you know building walls and stuff that probably does mess with their habitat so they have to move to mm-hmm. new different areas do you want to hear um some commentary on patterns that wikipedia has compiled sure writing in the times james Hyder linked the responses to the shark incident with those of to the vulture incident and ascribed the reactions in arab countries to quote paranoia among israel israel's enemies and its not nominal friends end quote adding that evidence of Mossad using animals is scant 
Well, if they do their job right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Deal of the Washington Post linked the two events, writing that Arab media and officials who circulate fantasies of Mossad sharks and spy birds deserve to be mocked, while mentioning Brett Stevens' theory that the conspiracy theories are an example of the debasement of the Arab mind. Dial wrote that the paranoia, in fact, has also a more benign explanation since Israel's real covert operations, quote, are almost a fantastic, also as fa- almost as fantastic as the fantasies. <laughs> These are boring. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Hmm. Nothing. I, yeah. Hmm. What's up? Nothing, that's all I got. Oh. This was less interesting than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was interesting. I liked it. I don't know. Okay. This was <laughs> less interesting than I thought it was going to be, folks. Oh. Uh, but that's all right. I'll do better next time. I've been really busy, so. We love, we, me and the folks loved it. Okay. All right. Well, that's all I got for you. And that's all we have for you this week. So. Okay. Anything? Oh, we didn't do a, a, a Spamoscope. Oh, shoot. Next week, we'll do a Spamoscope. All right. Yeah, Unless we want to make one up right now. I don't know. Do we want to find one right now? Yeah, just go to the email and pick the first one. All right, let's see here. Do you have it on your email? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up. Okay. Last time I checked, you didn't have it linked, so. No, I do now. Okay. I do now. Just pick the um, first one you right. find. Here we go. Um, One of our fans named Framework. Great. Um, And they sent us a message optical optical oh so glasses were like seeing right clearly yeah and buy some new glasses people it's probably your prescription's probably up mm-hmm. okay. this will be a week of clear sight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and also yeah think about yeah heading to the eye doctor people neglect that mm-hmm. people do neglect that i know i do me too all right well that was fun. Next week we'll have a better spamoscope. It's been we've been so busy, but yeah, we'll have some. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. less busy next week. All right. Um, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. I've been Harry. I'm still Carly. And this has been known unknowns. Someone should make a jacket that's all zippers. Cause it's weird out there. Bye. Bye.